Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Brother Lyle. I count it a great privilege and honor to be invited here to this conference, be able to come and enjoy the fellowship. More than that, to benefit from the preaching and the camaraderie that uh, I feel and sense when I come around brethren of like precious faith. For us to be able to glean from one another and grow is what it's all about. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Brother Epley, for blessing me with that beautiful message today. Amen. Isn't it refreshing to hear man of God and not just his preaching, but when he was talking about his wife and, uh, oh, I'm... I'm so thrilled to be around people that when God does miracles for them, amen. My dad used to close every prayer that he prayed, and I'm sure there are others that do it, but it just seems like it's missing in my generation. He used to close every prayer with, and we'll be careful to give you the thanks. And we'll be careful to give you the thanks. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He's a great God. Amen. And I'm going to talk some about that here today. Would you stand with me? I want to read to you from uh, two portions in the book of Deuteronomy. First of all, the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. And read three or four verses there and then back to the fifth chapter of Deuteronomy. Looking forward so much to Brother Weeks and his preaching here in the night service and uh, I hate it. I'm going to miss the activities that I've heard planned for Saturday. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm in a building program. That means El Pastor needs to be there every Saturday that he possibly can. Amen. I, I said that so you'd pray for me. Deuteronomy chapter number 28 and beginning at verse number 45. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 45 through 48. And it says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statues which he commanded thee and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever verse 47 because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. God's been good, really been good to every one of us. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and nakedness and in one of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have 
destroyed thee. Back to Deuteronomy chapter number 5 and verses 15 and 16. Beautiful portion of Scripture that we know as the only commandment with promise. But I'm afraid we forget about the best part of that promise is not just how long you're going to live, amen, but how well it's going to be during those years of your life. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commandeth thee to keep the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I want to simply entitle what I feel to bring to you here today, Living Life to Its Fullest. Living Life to Its Fullest. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, oh God, our hearts are full of the Word of God that we've already received, the tremendous songs that have drawn us into Your presence, God. Now, Lord, this lesson from Your Word, God, I pray some way, open our hearts, our ears, our spirits to receive and understand Your work and Your purpose, God, what You're doing in our life. You came that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm praying, God, give enlightenment to our minds today, God. I trust you, I thank you, I praise you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Traveling on airplanes since 9-11 has made it infinitely harder to get good reading material. It just seems like you've got to pack everything with you that you want to read because you can't find any magazines except the propaganda magazine of the carrier that you're flying on. And, uh, of course, I, uh, I, when I can't sleep, I want to be reading. I want to be doing something that's beneficial. And I was traveling along on good old Southwest Airlines, and I noticed that one of the articles that they had in there was entitled, Aging Well. Aging Well. Now, I'm not preaching an entire Geritol message here today, so you young people understand this. I, I directed a few comments to you last night. And let, let me direct a few to the rest of us around here that are in this process of, of aging aging well and it piqued my curiosity to see exactly what it's all about because I'm I'm interested as I travel along on this journey making sure that uh, it's an enjoyable ride there are people that that really 
They're interested in a bumpy ride. They're interested. They, they think that's thrilling. I rode my last roller coaster ride some few years ago over some crazy promise for a couple of kids that if they would win in the contest that pastor and his wife would go and ride some rides with them. I mean, I needed 13 chiropractors to, to get me off of that ignorant thing, and I thought, God have mercy. They call this fun? Amen. Isn't there something about the ride that is supposed to be a little more enjoyable than getting in a car accident? Something that's, you know, supposed to give some pleasant sensations to the body and, and make it feel good about the process. Well, I'm preaching to people here that have been in the church for quite a little while. And I'm wondering both physically and spiritually how well you're aging. Amen. How well things are going along on the journey. And so it was a study of elderly people and them reflecting back through interviews about their happiness in life now that they've reached the pinnacle of the older years that are there. And it was, there were several important determining factors that were a part of this criteria that all of them were questioned about. I was literally amazed uh, to find out that money was not one of the issues. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, you're fussing over the wrong thing? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Money had nothing to do whatsoever with the happiness of somebody's life. Now, I know you're, some of you are having nervous breakdowns, worried whether Social Security is still going to be intact. Uh, amen. Where you can get your last dimes uh, out of the rest of it. But money was not one of them. You want to be shocked again? Success in your career was not one of them. It absolutely did not matter what profession you had chosen. It didn't matter how high on that ladder that you had climbed, how successful that you were on the Fortune 500 companies. Uh, if they made you a vice president uh, of General Motors when you were 29, uh, or if you were a flunky, amen, worked out as a janitor and then retired. It had no connection whatsoever with with your happiness in life uh, a little farther down on the journey. Uh, I'm afraid in our career-oriented mindset, uh, amen, and I, I'm not against kids going to college, uh, but I, I'm afraid we're trying to emphasize uh, some of the wrong things in their minds, uh, that that's going to really make the difference uh, as to your happiness in life. 
I said at a university graduation not long ago, and I, I listened to this man, and he had been a uh, United States senator. Uh, matter of fact, he was the majority leader of, uh, of the Senate for uh, six years, I believe it was. And, and I, I listened to him as all of these graduates with these high degrees uh, were fixing to receive their, uh, their diplomas that was there. And, and he, made a, he made a real profound statement that, uh, to me anyhow, it was impressive. He said, and he said he wanted to let all those graduates to know, amen, that an excellent plumber was of more value to our society than a mediocre doctor. An excellent plumber was of more value to our society than a mediocre doctor. Yeah, you, you need to let that one sink in for a little while. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. An excellent janitor in the church is of more value to the kingdom than a mediocre young preacher. Oh, yeah. Amen. Somebody that's willing to say, uh, whatever my lot in life is, uh, I'm going to do it with all of my might. Uh, if my hands find to do it, uh, you won't find a slop job being put out uh, by me at all, Pastor. You can count on me. Uh, you give me the chore, no matter how menial it is. Now I'm going to do it with excellence. But success in a career was not one of them. Shocker of all things was health and fitness. Didn't matter. Amen. If you, your heart, amen, was already given out, your kidneys were already given out, your lungs were already given out, Amen. You're hooked up. Uh, amen. Taking dialysis and you got every other kind of problem that was going on. Uh, health and fitness. How, how far you could jog. How much you walked every day. How good you felt when you stepped on the scales. And the scales didn't pop up a sign saying come back when there's only one of you. <laughs> that didn't matter whatsoever on aging well in a secular study that was made. And the fourth thing uh, that didn't matter at all uh, was the happiness of your childhood. God have mercy. There's a lot of messed up people that think their life would have been so much better if they hadn't have gone through all the deprivations that they had to go through in childhood and all the things that they did without and all the suffering and all the heartache. And it's just handicapped me to the point that I'm just glad that I'm alive. And if I can just barely make it through, uh, amen, I'll know that life uh, will have been a success but the article said 
the keys, two keys to growing old well are gratitude and forgiving. Two keys. Doesn't care if the stock market crashes and burns tomorrow. Money's not a part of it. Doesn't matter if your health breaks uh, and you're in a wheelchair in a rest home uh, the rest of your days here on this earth. Doesn't matter, amen, what happens growing old, living life to its fullest. Amen. And this article went on to state that elder people that have gratitude and forgiveness healthily working in their day-to-day -day living add an average of five to seven years to their life. <laughs> say, well, I'm just genetically programmed and this is where I'm going to end up. Uh, I wonder about that sometimes. Sat at a restaurant the other day with some preachers that were there. And the waitress came up to order breakfast and uh, this uh, one preacher looked at her and he said, uh, I'll have, first of all, a large bowl of oatmeal. He said, my, my mother and my father are both alive in their 90s and they ate a bowl of oatmeal uh, every morning of their life. She just kind of looked at him like, well, okay, okay, I'll get the oatmeal. And she took the orders of all of the rest of them. She came to me. I said, I'll have biscuits and gravy. My grandma ate grease gravy every day of her life. Uh, amen. And she lived to be 90. <laughs> ah, and the waitress just scratched her head. Uh, Oh, this is the nuttiest table I've messed with in a long, long, long time. Five to seven years average can be added to a life uh, of a person depending on how early on uh, they learn that the two most important objectives uh, that they've got to keep going in their life uh, is gratitude uh, and forgiveness. Uh, they've got to keep that well pumping. Uh, they've got to keep that water flowing. Uh, they've got to have it uh, as a part uh, of their daily routine. And Jesus said, hey, hey, if you want to know what the Old Testament teaches about it, it's this business of honoring your father and your mother that produces two incredible benefits of your life. That your days may be prolonged and that it may be well with thee during those time periods. I want to talk to you about gratitude. There's a whole lot of people that don't understand, my friend, as they deal with the depression that faces us uh, in our generation, that gratitude has always been God's remedy for depression. Oh, hallelujah. I know everybody.
Everybody's in therapy nowadays, uh, amen, of one sort or the other. And, and uh, it ain't any better because there's, there's Pentecostal therapy too, you know where they line up after church, uh, amen, to get a little therapy session uh, with the pastor. Uh-huh. Where they tie up the pastor's wife uh, every waking moment of her life uh, because they want a little telephone therapy that, that can help them through the depression uh, that they are facing during the day uh, of things that just aren't going right with them. Uh, everybody's looking for it. I'm telling you what's missing in your life, my friend, uh, is good old gratitude. Uh, a spirit and an attitude uh, that said, why in the world uh, would somebody as blessed as I am uh, have time to be moping around, uh, have time to be down at the mouth uh, when all the good things uh, that God has done for me, uh, my cup is overflowing. Uh, amen. Uh, the blessings of the Lord uh, are overtaking me. Uh, I don't even have time uh, to name all of them oh hallelujah 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 jesus had ten lepers that came to him and we've all heard it preached about my friend but there was only one of them only one of them that had gratitude in his heart enough to say i've got to go back to the one that just changed my life like no one else could have changed it. Uh, I've got to fall at His feet. Uh, I've got to spend, uh, it's not a little thank you note, I've got to send Him in the mail. Uh, but I've got to spend some time in His presence uh, letting Him to know uh, how grateful I am uh, that I get to go back home to Mama after all of these years. Uh, I get to hug my babies again. I get to see my grandchildren. I get to enjoy life. I am blessed beyond measure. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know the rest of the story. He was the only one of the ten that was made whole. And I tell you, you can get healing and not be made whole. You can get baptized in water in Jesus' name and get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and not be made whole emotionally. But wholeness can only come through gratitude. It can only come when we are willing to let God to know on a regular, consistent, daily basis of His blessing. Recently, God did a tremendous miracle for our church. And I, I won't tell you all, all about that. But the bottom line was the favor that God did for us with the planning board was the equivalent, was the equivalent of a three to four million dollar blessing for our church. 
what should have according to the laws of the land and the strictness of all of their codes had to have been done to meet all the parking requirements would have cost us in property acquisition of three to four million dollars. And I, I shouted and jumped and danced and praised God and we ran the aisles and talked in tongues. But it wasn't a few weeks after that till the Lord reminded me and said, you know, are you willing to give me as many thank you, Jesus, for the miracles as you did? Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. And I said, oh, God, I've spent... 15 years begging you for this miracle and if I spend one less day thanking you for it uh, after you have done it uh, amen I'm an unworthy child of yours uh, if I can't give you uh, the gratefulness and the thankfulness uh, that is needed from my life uh, Romans the first chapter makes it very clear that the road to sexual perversion amen so many people are saying how in the world uh, could homosexuality uh, have gotten in among Pentecost uh, and there are sons and daughters uh, that are now lesbian and now homosexual uh, how could it have gotten in uh, upon a church uh, where the truth is preached to them let me tell you it's not about whether or not uh, somebody has heard the truth or not uh, or been raised in a church uh, where the truth was preached. Uh, the 20th verse said, When they knew God, uh, they glorified Him not as God. Uh, neither were they thankful. Uh, neither were they thankful. Uh, I'm telling you the road uh, to sexual perversion. Uh, it doesn't begin uh, because a child was raised by a mama and no daddy was around. Uh, it doesn't begin uh, some genetic accident uh, that happened inside the womb. Uh, it begins when that child is young. Uh, is he taught to be thankful uh, under God? Uh, is she taught uh, to give God all the glory? Uh, give God all the credit? Uh, give God all the honor? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Gratitude, gratitude. They're making a big deal about it nowadays. Amen. They're, they, they, they really are. I heard it on the radio out where I live. That women, women who are dissatisfied with how God made them. Ungrateful about various parts of their feature. That women that have plastic surgery to enhance their figure, their profile, any part of their body, are three times as likely to commit suicide as a woman that never has plastic surgery. Can you imagine that? They're getting that girlish figure that they always dreamed about having. 
in their mind it's supposed to make them happy. They're getting that long nose shortened a couple of inches, uh, amen, and getting it all set right. Uh, it's supposed to be making them happy. They're getting all the crow's feet uh, that have looked like tractor tires now all over their face, uh, all pulled back and stretched back. Uh, they're getting everything all taken care of uh, that they've dreamed about that I can look in the mirror and say, yeah. You go, girl. Uh, amen. You got it now, baby. Uh, they're getting all the things uh, that are supposed to make them happy. Uh, but when they get all done, uh, they look in the mirror, uh, and it doesn't make them happy. Uh, there's no more gratitude uh, than there was from the beginning. Uh, they're worse off uh, than they were when they started. Uh, it's got nothing to do with how fat you are, how skinny you are, how ugly you are. It's got everything to do with how grateful you are that God gave you life, that God gave you breath, that God put you on the planet, that God's taken good care of you. Ooh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. God told him in the 28th chapter that we read of Deuteronomy. He said, now, I'm going to tell you, you got a bunch of curses coming your way. Because after I poured so many of my blessings upon you, you couldn't even get a smile on your face. You couldn't even do it with joy in your heart. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Nothing could change your old surly down at the mouth disposition. What, what, what more could I have done for you as your God? Woo, to try to get a little bubbliness inside of your life. What more could I have done? Uh, but because, uh, amen, that word for joy, read it, amen. The root word means to brighten up. God said, when I bless you, I expect the lights to come on. Whoo, hallelujah. I expect you to brighten up. I expect a smile to be where that frown was. I expect joy to be where your sorrow was. Oh, hallelujah. You say, Brother White, how, how do I get it? Well, ask God for a thankful heart. Amen. Could you start praying that prayer and ask God for a thankful heart? Uh, amen. Uh, ask God to give you gratitude for the spouse that He gave you. How sad it is <laughs> that we have to sort through prayer request cards a stack that thick of people. Pray that God will give me a companion. Pray that God will give my daughter a husband. Pray.
pray. Oh, pray. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. Help me pray that God will give me someone. And we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray. And, and years of praying. And the day you get them, you start griping. The honeymoon can't even be a joyous uh, occasion uh, for all your belly aching. Uh, well, he won't do this, uh, and she won't do this, uh, and they're not what I thought they were going to be. Uh, and this is that. Uh, God have mercy. Uh, you're going to an early grave, uh, and you're going to be miserable all the way. Uh, get something inside of your heart uh, that said, God, give me a grateful heart for the companion you gave me. Uh, she's not perfect, uh, but neither am I. Uh, he's not the model man, uh, but neither is she. Uh, we're going to live for God. Uh, we're going to be a happy couple in the church. Uh, we're going to enjoy marriage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you ask God for a thankful heart for your parents? No. No, they didn't score straight A's when they raised you. But guess what? You're going to get a report card one day, too. And you'll be doing mighty good if your grade point average is at least as high as theirs. So why don't you just shut your mouth wide open and tell God, amen, that I could have had an alcoholic for a daddy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I could have had a drug addict harlot uh, for a mama down in the red light district. Uh, I could have had a crack addict uh, that dumped me inside of a garbage can. Uh, hey, God, I got a whole lot uh, to be grateful for. I got a whole world of blessings uh, that I want to thank you for. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gratitude, gratitude. Are you thankful for all the blessings that God has brought to your life, friend? The best things in life really are free. They really are free, my friend. Uh, you didn't earn it. You'll never make enough money to pay for it. We need to ask God for a thankful heart for this country we live in. And it's freedom. Oh, we need to thank God for that. Uh, you, you just have to travel beyond the borders uh, of the United States a few times in your life uh, to get a fresh appreciation. It uh, said, God, every morning that I wake up, uh, I ought to thank you for the stars and the stripes uh, that fly over this land of mine. Uh, I ought to be grateful uh, for the religious freedoms uh, that I have uh, in this lifetime. Uh, it ought to thrill my heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And on and on and on and on. Amen. Living life to its fullest. You better get some gratitude. Or you're going to be a miserable old grump. Yeah. 
and the nurses in the nursing home are going to want to doctor your shot one day. Send you on home to glory. But the second aspect is forgiveness. Amen. You say, are they linked together? You better believe it. One is God's remedy for depression. That's gratitude. But God's remedy for bitterness in life is forgiveness. Forgiveness. I'm not a, a country music person. But I'm going to tell you, I listened to the lyrics one day. Somebody thought it was a really great song. Something about sing another somebody done somebody wrong song. I thought you get pleasure out of that? That kind of music, amen, another somebody done somebody wrong song. That floats your boat? That turns your crank? That thrills you? Something bad, bad wrong with you. You say, I had a bad experience with a preacher one day. I don't know if I can ever fully trust a pastor again in my life. I don't know if I can ever get over that. Uh -huh. Do you think you're the only one that's been done wrong in life? Somebody said I had a bad experience with an organizational official. You want to sing another somebody done somebody wrong song. <laughs> that gives you Holy Ghost goosebumps, huh? That, that edifies you. That, that does something for you. Uh, hey, hey, you're not the only one. Uh, hey, man, now you can choose for yourself. Uh, hey, man, but I, I tell my church quite regularly. Uh, hey, man, we're not going to hear any of that junk uh, from this pulpit here. We're going to live for God. Uh, we're going to evangelize our city. Uh, we're going to hold strong the banner of truth. Uh, hey. If you're going to live life to its fullest, uh, there's got to be a graveyard uh, where you bury things uh, that have happened in your life. Uh, and you walk away from that graveyard, uh, putting one foot in front of the other, uh, and say, thank God, uh, I'm a child of yours. Uh, you brought me thus far, and you're going to take me the rest of the way. Uh, there's joy in the journey. Joy, joy, joy. Be seated. You know, they have fishing lakes and streams now that they call catch and release. I wish you'd read your Bible and realize that the principle that our leader taught in this Bible was forgive and release. 
You need to study it a little carefully if you don't believe that's in there. Forgive and release. Let it go. Let it go. If you want to keep the photo of it, you can keep the photo. But turn it loose. Don't try to put it in your freezer. Don't try to cook it in your skillet. Uh-huh. You've got the memory of it. Keep the memory. But release it and go on with God. Go on with God. Famous American author wrote the book entitled East of Eden. It's a story, if you've never read the story, about two sons that grew up not knowing of their own dad's hypocrisy. The naivety of childhood in the believing and having trust and confidence and daddy being the big hero in all of their life. In their adult years, they came to the discovery that daddy was a king-size hypocrite. Daddy lived a double life. The dad that I invested all my love and my energy, my emotions and my loyalty to, wasn't worthy of one little bit of what I gave to him. And one of the sons, one of the sons chose to forgive and release his dad from any debt that would ever be owed to him. And the other son chose to limp the rest of his life with an attitude that said, I can't get over what my dad did to me. I can't get over what a fool I was for all of those years to give my dad that kind of allegiance when he was so double-lifed, when he lived that way. Uh, if you want to live that way, my friend, uh, I promise you it's going to be a miserable journey for you. Uh, Jacob uh, lived a life of 40 years of pain, my friend. Uh, yes, he did. Read your Bible. How would you like being raised up uh, knowing that your dad was partial to your brother? But he lived and dealt uh, with that kind of pain. A mama that was initiating, deceiving his dad uh, as to how he could pay uh, for the wrongs that were done. Uh, an uncle named Laban uh, that changed his wages uh, ten different times. Uh, you thought you had it bad on your job. Uh, you thought your employer was doing you dirt. Uh, and you've got a reason to feel like you feel. Uh, amen. Painful jealousy within his marriage uh, of the rivalry between uh, Leah and Rachel. Uh, and he dealt with it. Uh, I'm telling you, it was a rotten life uh, that he lived for 40 long years uh, of pain. Uh, 
but he had a wrestling match with God one day. And at that wrestling match, he decided that I'm going to forgive every bit of that. I'm going to lay it all to rest. Amen. I want to go on in this journey called life. I'm tired of the misery, the pain, and the heartache. And God met him there. And Jacob, God said, Daddy, I don't care who you chose. Jacob have I loved. And Esau have I hated. He said, the man that I'm going to make life incredibly blessed is the man that could forgive and go on. I close today to tell you the little story. I have watched it played out in adult life of my own wife. She was four years old. Her brother, just older than her, was five years old. When mom, on the court steps, waved goodbye to two little kids that were standing there. A mother looked at her children and chose that she wanted another life with the truck driver friend that she had got involved with. And they stood there. I can only imagine the pain that put inside of a heart. But I've watched as life has gone on. And that mother is now up in years. Brother, it's not going well with her in life. There's haunting memories and skeletons in the closet that rattle every day as a reminder. And I remember the first time that she placed the first phone call to our house, trying her best as a sinner to pick back up some things with my wife after all of those years. And I sat and I heard the discussions between her and her brother now in adult years with children of themselves. And I listened to my wife tell her brother, I don't have any problem at all forgiving my mom for all of that. I'm just happy that she's contacted us and whatever comes out of it, I don't expect much, but if anything comes out of it, I'll, I'll be grateful for it. And I watched her brother, who at that time was pastoring a successful church, had a well-known reputation and had climbed the ladders that he wanted to climb, shake his head and say, I can't forgive my mom for what she did. That time he was preaching and dancing and shouting and doing all the things that all of us are doing around here. I said, I, I'm sorry, Debbie, you, you might be able to, but you don't know the pain that this has caused to me. And you, you, you don't know how and all and all and all. And I've lived to see that brother 
self-destruct over the cliff and the misery of his life backslidden away from God in delusion and deception. Living life to its fullest. God said you want long days and you want it to be well with you. You better get a healthy dose of gratitude every day of your life. And you better let forgiveness flow out of you like a river. Said God, no matter what's happened, if my best friend did me in and betrayed me, if everybody I trusted and had confidence uh, was a bald-faced liar and walked out on me, I want life to be well with me. Shall we stand? Let's lift our voices unto the Lord as they sing and magnify Him.